Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the E-Mammoth Pod. This is the show where we talk about pop culture and other relevant stuff, uh, including video games. So mm-hmm. this is Rich. Oh, well, I'm Mike. That's Rich. Hey, Rich, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? You're I'm Mike good, man. Rich. I'm just doing, you know, awkward intros. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it's all good, man. How, how's your week been? um week kind of flew by i don't remember much but uh as i walked in the door today from coming home i ordered my first pair of yeezys ever and they came in wow really which ones did you get they are the yeezy carbon that's all i know (laughs) but they're they're like they're like the 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 classic yeezy look the one that people mostly know uh, when it's like like dark gray on the top and some the ribbed foamy part in the bottom is like a creamy white. Nice. I was into them, so I'm excited to wear those someday. No, I mean those. I mean, I think if they're the ones I'm thinking of. Those are pretty fresh. I just can't see myself spending that kind of money on shoes because I just know, like, oh my god, I just ruined shoes. I kind of impulsively got them. My friend sent me a picture that she she was excited. She won a raffle and she was able to buy some retail retail value or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I looked them up. I was like, wow, these actually look nice. And I kind of impulsively bought them the same night. Um, but they they just got here. So I'm going to um, wear them sometime. I don't know when, but I'm excited. Yeah, for special occasion, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, for me, I just bought, um, this was a couple months ago. Um, right in the middle of summer, I, I got some uh, these New Balance. I forgot what they were kind, what they're called. These like running shoes, but they were all white. And for the longest time, I didn't want to wear them out of the house because I just thought, okay, I'm gonna just get these things dirty. I'm just gonna kind of keep them clean and wear them around the house, almost yeah. like slippers for a while. I was just kind of just wearing them here and there around the living room. So I finally decided, you know, um, it's time to, you know, break these in, warm out. Everything was cool. Didn't get them dirty. Nothing happened. It was all good. Later that day, kind of got a little careless. I don't even know what happened, but I ended up with a black spot, like right over the toe. Oh, and, no. Uh, yeah, That's the I worst haven't... spot. It's not even <laughs> like this, like, you know, you kind of get those like little tiny black scuff marks towards the towards the is that the sole of the shoe towards the bottom Mm -hmm. which is fine but the toe that's the it was right on the toe and it was like a line it looked like a skid mark i don't even (laughs) know what i don't know what i kicked or rubbed or what oh it was it was pretty sad that is that is pretty sad how about your week though what's your who's your my week was kind of a blur things there was so much Mm -hmm. going on um both personally and professionally and it was just um just a lot but i'm glad that the week's over with um things are settling down and um you know overall um you know i survived that's all that matters that's a win um it happened twice already Oh, the beep. So, the beep. So if, if, <laughs> if you're listening and you may or may not hear a beeping sound, it's my fire, the fire detector. Smoke or, detector. Sm- yeah, the smoke detector. <laughs> Once there's a fire, it's too late. 
the smoke detector, like carbon monoxide thing, I think the battery needs to be replaced and I have to contact property because I do not think I'm allowed to replace it. But I may just do it anyways. I thought it was the fire detector because this podcast is so fire. Oh, that's what it is. We're off to a hot start. And it's already beeping. All right. But no, good, good point. Yeah, because, um, you know, people that might be listening or watching and might be like, do these guys hear this? Is this just me? But no, yeah. Yeah, you're not imagining things. Wow, I feel like it's beeping more often. Anyways, yeah. When it beeps, is it changing your lights? Is it changing the color of your lights when it beeps? Um, I thought I turned the equalizer mode off, but if I didn't, then it could. It probably wow. might be triggering it. Nice. <laughs> That's a cool feature. Maybe I won't replace them so soon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but did you hear recently about Logic? Logic was in the news. Uh, he bought a Pokemon card. He bought. So he bought check a Pokemon card for how much? Check this news. out. Uh-huh. He bought a Pokemon card for two hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. Two hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. That's two hundred twenty-six. That's a quarter, more than a quarter million. Yep. Dollars yep. for a Pokemon now, card. Apparently it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty sought after card. It's a uh-huh. very rare card. What card it's is a it? first edition Charizard. And not Stop. only that, it's like this shadowless version, which is more rare. So I mean uh-huh. I get it. There's people that have uh their their collections and, and these cards are man, I just can't believe like the Pokemon card craze just continues did you ever collect or do you collect pokemon cards or have you you know i don't i never did um and i you know when it first came out on the scene and became popular i really didn't see it lasting this long were you ever into it um i wasn't to it i used to save up my allowance and buy like booster packs and i remember i have a if I go to my parents' house, I can find a binder full of Pokemon cards. And I would always keep my favorite ones in a certain place. But Logic sold a first edition Charizard. And that reminds me of, of years ago. Maybe around 10 years ago, I saw an average not an advertisement i'm sorry i saw like a a post or something where people were talking about how first edition charizards are were worth i think at that time it was like ten thousand dollars um but not taken into account like the shadowless thing or whatever made that card so special and when i was growing up i had a charizard card and i remember once i read the article about the ten thousand dollars i went straight to my collection I went through my collection, couldn't find that Charizard card anywhere. And I remember specifically having it. And one summer, it was even in its own like little sandwich, like plexiglass, like to make sure it doesn't bend. And it, yeah. like, you know, I, I remember taking it to school during the summer. I had it in my pocket, I had it wrapped in a handkerchief. Like, I was like showing friends, like, hey, hey, look at my, look at my Charizard card. And I was not able to find it. I don't know if it was taken a long time ago. I have no idea where that card is, but I'm pretty confident that card was a first edition card. I have no idea where it is. Oh, wow. I'm Man. pretty confident, but yeah. Yeah, that, 
that sucks when that kind of stuff happens when you know you had something go back and look for it and it's gone i know i had it and i i keep letting it go because i'm thinking to myself it's one of those things where eventually it'll just pop up i have i think every other card that i can remember that charizard i have no idea no idea mm-hmm. where it is or where it well went, for that matter you know hopefully you do find that and hopefully it's in still great condition because uh that's going to be worth quite a, quite a a pretty penny right now. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you know by what? the time I find it, it'll be worth even more. That's yeah, just right. me being on the on the bright side of on the bright side True. of things. And maybe it's shadowless. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Did you see what do you know what shadowless means? I wonder what that means. Well, apparently it means like there's no shadow in the artwork, I guess on the side of the character oh. or the card. I didn't I didn't get a chance to look at like a side-by-side like this is a shadowless card and yeah. this is a uh standard card um wow so uh, i'm not too sure but i do know i used to collect baseball cards back in the day and i still do kind of just collect them for fun mm-hmm. not really like an investment type deal but um i got back into baseball cards a couple years ago when i started playing uh, fantasy baseball collect. and so you know, I don't think I have anything super valuable, um, but I really just do it for fun. So, and then I give my nephew like all the all the crappy cards. All the <laughs> <laughs> they're crappy now, but you never know. That's I'm pretty sure they're not. Because <laughs> you, as a as a player, you affect how much your card is worth. Yeah, you literally provide your own value. Yeah, there's there's so much that goes into that, and um, and there's so many things that we can, so many tangents we can go into talking about card collecting. Um, oh, that's like a big thing, like yeah. I mean, big as in like lots of nuances and little For things to sure. consider. Okay, I think so. I think so. Just like I don't know the ins and outs of the Pokemon card game, but you know when I heard it was shadowless, it made me know that it had like a um there was something limited edition about it in baseball yeah. they have like hologram cards or uh-huh. relic cards similar cool um i almost said iphone pokemon cards have similar like those holographic versions of certain ones mm-hmm. um i think my dad wanted me to be into sports cards um because i remember having like a couple little containers just full of of trading cards i think they were basketball mm-hmm. but i never really got into them i was never, I, like i'd have them but i think even the packs that didn't even go opened maybe i should find those and check those out some of those cards like the older nba cards from what yeah. i'm hearing older nba cards from like the 90s you know could have some gems in there do they they do trading cards for every sport i think pretty much yeah okay they're either football or basketball i'm pretty confident but yeah i'll i'll when i next time i go to my parents house i'm looking for pokemon cards i'm looking for trading cards quick one more quick question on that yeah do you think a pack if it's a certain type of pack it would be worth more unopened than opened yeah possibly Hmm. possibly okay okay maybe i'm sitting on some money i don't know about (laughs) maybe 
We'll find out. Yeah, we'll have to. Hopefully, we can uh, get some more news about trading cards in the future, so we can continue this discussion. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've been hearing more lately mentions of trading cards. Not to say that people are getting back into it, although maybe they are. I just. I've been hearing trading cards mentioned more. Well, the thing I'll mention too, um, well, two things. I don't know if I mentioned it originally, but this was a record-breaking purchase. It was the highest price that um, one of these cards has ever sold for. Um, but not only that, it's so interesting to me because like you mentioned a minute ago, as an athlete, you can kind of help determine the worth of your card based on your performance. Um, you know, and based on the things you do, maybe even, you know, post your professional career. Um, those are, you know, different factors that may, may go into the, the price or value of your card. The thing that I find super fascinating about the Pokemon cards is that these aren't people and they don't, they're not going to, I mean, I don't know if they're going to, um, let's say like a, an athlete, you, you can have a rookie card and, you know, nine times out of the 10, that rookie is not going to really do too much, but that 10%, maybe that rookie, you know, becomes an all-star and becomes an MVP becomes, you know, a champion repeat championship winner. And that's going to have the impact on a Pokemon card. I don't know if it really has, if those dynamics <laughs> are in play, you know what that's I mean? Funny. I, not I, only do that, know, I do know what you mean. But, you know, a, an athlete can also get into trouble, you know, and mm -hmm. if they get into trouble, that can really, you know, diminish the, the value of that card where I don't yeah. see a Pokemon character getting into like legal troubles. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu got caught stealing. Um, but yeah, it's just something interesting that I was thinking about. Or maybe in movies, like if they come out with a Pokemon movie and one Pokemon does something cool. No, like, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, you know, this is interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Like, did Detective Pikachu raise Pikachu's value or any other card? Like, maybe a Mewtwo? You know, I think it, I think it would have. Hmm. I don't know how that would affect the market, but that's something interesting to, to, to find out. Yeah. It's like you said, it's a very, very lot of nuance to it. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to Logic, though, on getting, I, I'm assuming, a card he's wanted or sought after. I don't Or maybe he's just an avid collector because some collectors do that, right? Exactly. They they buy it to have it. So congrats mm -hmm. to Logic. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. What else going on? What else? I have... Um, so sim simplicity esports um simplicity is a i guess it's fair to say organization um you know similar to g2 esports just another another one of those companies um this time it's north american um it's owned by a guy named uh, jed kaplan he's also part owner of the um, memphis grizzlies Okay. to the Grizzlies, but uh, his company is investing even more into esports. Um, they plan to purchase four esports are centers, arenas, centers um, in Florida. And uh, on top of that, 
<clears throat> by the end of October, so around October 30th, um, they plan to commit to to acquiring five more uh, gaming centers. I think this one's across the world. I have to double check. Um, but they're investing a pretty penny in these in these gaming centers. And um, it's just, again, investing into esports. This is these are centers where kids that may not have access to the equipment or even internet for that matter can come to these centers and and play popular games i would imagine they'd have you know um, other camps and training courses about getting better at certain games and um it's pretty cool to see that groundwork being laid out yeah i think that's super cool and i think that um lines up perfectly with what we were talking about um a couple weeks ago about uh, you mentioned how Nerd Street Gamers was doing mm-hmm. something similar, creating a facility for gamers. And so this actually seems like um, we're going to start to see a trend with this. And so I'm pretty excited to see, you know, these continue to be popping up around the country. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, I know there's there's other game centers around the world and we can only benefit because it's just going to elevate, elevate. It's just going <laughs> to elevate the... Uh, overall competition for for various games um so it's exciting and uh yeah simplicity does simplicity let me take a quick look i know they have teams in specific games um apex apex legends they have a mortal Kombat team and a league of legends team actually cool so far but I mean, they're going to definitely expand that, I would imagine. For sure, man. I mean, all this stuff is happening in its early stages. And so mm-hmm. things are going to continue to come up and, you know, they're going to continue to add on and build. So it's um, really cool to see these these changes happening. And I mm-hmm. think it's good for not just younger gamers, but, um, you know, for any video game fan. Yeah, definitely. And it's for, for esports as a as an industry i think it's it's huge it's just it's only adding value and in growth yeah i can see these kind of popping up like little like uh like a g league little g league for Mm -hmm. teams to kind of start to coalesce and build up you know people are going to start networking and meeting people and you know forming crews so i think it's pretty pretty cool yeah and and more places for them to hold uh tournaments also yeah um because that that'll be something that um that would help mm-hmm. because even if you have like to have a fair a more fair tournament especially over the internet and especially for the smaller smaller tournaments you know it's it's not they, i could see you having to kind of register or play at a gaming center so that everyone can use the same equipment or everyone has a guaranteed internet speed. Um, so the more of those centers that open up, you know, the more available and the more, I guess you could say fair or the more even, I'll say even, mm-hmm. the more even um, games would be. So, yeah, that's going to be, I think that's really important, man. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just to, um, to add on to gaming tournaments, there was a championship that recently happened. It was the Overwatch League Championship. Um, so I know that, you know, I don't know if that's something you saw, but it was um, 
just happened recently, a couple days ago, and actually the winner of that was the San Francisco Shock. So shout out to the San Francisco Shock winning the uh, Overwatch League Championship. Actually, it's the second year in a row. So um, back pretty to amazing back job champions, by the team. Huh? What's that? Nice. I said back-to-back champions, huh? Yeah, yeah. They were able to repeat. So that's pretty dope. That is. Congrats to them. That's uh, hometown. Hometown, hometown team. team. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not a huge Overwatch fan, but I, definitely when I found out that San Francisco won again, it definitely gets me interested. And so I was checking out their website. They actually got a lot of cool merch out, um, a lot of clips. If you want to, if you're interested and want to see, um, you know, some of those competitions, you can access all that stuff there on the website. And that's at uh, overwatchleague.com. Um, but the team that they just beat was the uh, Seoul Dynasty. And, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. This is actually the third season of this championship. The first one was won by London Spitfire. And, um, and then after that, San Francisco back to back. Yeah, this league, I think this league is going to continue to grow. I remember when they first launched it. Um, I don't play. I don't play Overwatch anymore. Uh, but I remember when they first launched it, their first season, um, in the Overwatch game, you could buy skins of the skins that these teams use. So each team, you you notice when you checked out the San Francisco Shock, how they had like a, a logo and a color, right? Like a color yeah. scheme. So each character in the game had a San Francisco Shock version of them. And took the same thing with uh, the the team from Korea, the London, they all had their own color schemes, which they would use in their own tournaments. Um, so sick. Yeah. So, I mean, even with the clips that you watch, you'll notice that they're kind of the same colors. That's their version of a uniform. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, Overwatch is intense and playing it competitively. There's so much that can go on so many different variables and things can happen fast. And it's uh congrats, man. That's, I don't, I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, Overwatch just seems like there's so much action and so much going on. But these guys are competing at the highest level. And, uh, you know, when I saw that it was San Francisco, like I mentioned before, and I went to the website and I saw the merch, too, that got me, like, kind of juiced. And I'll be honest, I'm not, like, a San Francisco Giants fan, but just being in the Bay Area and knowing the Giants are uh, orange and black and their color scheme of the San Francisco shock is the same color scheme. Right. Uh, it freaking, you know, I can see any Giants fan wanting to go out and rep that t-shirt because you're also repping your hometown. You are right. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like soon, even not just through overwatch, I'm thinking soon it'll be way more common not not yet, but it'll be more common to see jerseys out out in the wild, just people wearing jerseys of their favorite players, but from esports, yeah, not just traditional sports. I I don't think we're too far off from seeing it as a norm. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right about that. <sighs> yeah. Well, again, congrats to the shock. Um, speaking of tournaments, I have another tournament that's going on to update about it's actually i 
it, if not the biggest, one of the biggest. Um, I mentioned last week about League of Legends, the World Championship tournament that's kind of going on. Um, the I believe the prelims were in September, but now um, in October, the the finals, the League of Legends Worlds finals, um, will be held in person. This is going to take place on October. 30th the last day of october um it's going to be held in china um so league of legends the uh is being ran by um tj sports the actual event itself um the interesting thing about that is that the tickets are going to be free wow so people don't have to pay for them uh, so they do have to this yeah so um, the tickets are going to be free. They're going to be randomly distributed uh, to those that register online. Um, so what they have to do is, actually, I'll just read it. So in order to maintain fairness in the distribution and to prevent scalping issues, all audience members will need to register from October 12th to 14th online using their Chinese ID cards with their full name, as well as other personal information um and non-chinese citizens will have to use their passports to register and so i think you register to be able to win free tickets then on the third and then you get um sense. the distribution of tickets will be operated by riot games on the 15th then you get picked for tickets uh, after you get your tickets you obviously show up um yeah, but the very finals are going to be done in person um, at the arena. I read ahead about that too. Um, they will be following social distancing kind of rules. Um, so it'll be limited as to how many people. Um, 6,312 people, which is, I believe, less than half than that arena holds. But it's exciting that they're going to go ahead and have that be live in wow. person um in addition to you know watching it on twitch which you can you can always see and, and stay up or even watch some matches you'll you'll be able to see those on twitch that's pretty cool and so the the date of the championship is going to be the 30th october 30th october 30th so that's the day before halloween mm-hmm all right. Mm -hmm. Exciting stuff. That is exciting. That is very cool. So I know just to kind of move forward, we've been talking a lot about the show on Netflix, High Score. Mm -hmm. And so we've already got to episode five. Um, yes. how, what did you think about episode five? Episode five. Um, I did I I thought they would go back to a tournament, some type of tournament. And there was definitely a tournament. But the big thing is it was the introduction of the rating system. Yeah, and you kind of predicted that too, because I remember yeah. you kind of thinking that that was going to steer in that direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think uh, for a little bit into that, I thought they weren't going to go go to it. Um, but once they introduced Mortal Kombat, I was like, oh, yeah, it's coming. It's definitely coming. 
And it was um, there. I vaguely remember when that was kind of daily news when they were talking about, you know, what to do with violent video games and how it affects mm-hmm. kids. Like I faintly remember hearing about it. And I think my mom definitely had her own opinions on it. Um, I remember actually there was there was a game I wanted on Nintendo 64. It was South Park. I remember <clears throat> I remember and every kid does this for sure because I used to work at GameStop and every kid who's underage that tries to get a, a rated M for mature game, right? You have to be at least 17, I think it was. Yeah, I think they, so. They stand there and they plead their case and they try to convince their parents that it's not so bad. And I was the same. I, there was mm-hmm. a, there was a, um, what game was it? For Nintendo 64, it was South Park. And I remember mama was like, no, this just, it was just black and white for her. No, you're obviously not old enough for this. You can't have it. I would say like a week later, I happened to go to Toys R Us with my dad. <clears throat> and I was telling him, hey, this is a cartoon. It's a really popular cartoon. They say a couple of bad words, you know, here and there. But, you know, it's just a cartoon game. And yeah. I remember my dad, he's just like, ah, whatever, you know, he, he bought it. And I remember I thought I got away with just like the biggest crime. Like I'm sitting here in the car with this mature game. I'm like 13 years old, maybe, if that. Um, just get away with this this mature rated game um but I, awesome. I see it i think it's a, it's a common thing to, to yeah um, yeah i mean for, that. for sure and i think i think i think every family is different because some parents kind of don't care and some you know care to a, a point where they you know you can't play the game you can't watch it on tv mm-hmm. and you're really you know limited on your exposure but um, I think that's so funny because that's what kids do. And, and I, you know what, that's a, that's a, a lesson in uh, perseverance. <laughs> yeah. Never give up. <laughs> they also covered that, that rating system probably helped their sales because it's this, the same effect that kids want stuff they can't have even more. Yeah. And I think I was the same way. Cause honestly, I didn't, play that south park game too much but i wanted it because i couldn't have it and it was a cool thing to get yeah i think that's i think that's totally what happens it's just natural that when you tell somebody they can't have something they just want it more for some reason Mm -hmm. which i think i don't know if it's by design or if it's by accident but i see that happen with things like availability on consoles or certain smartphones Mm -hmm. you know like I, it's still tough to find a, a Nintendo Switch, like you know, and like how long has it been out for? So yeah, seriously, it's, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, it really keeps that demand going. Mm-hmm. What else do you have from that? Any takeaways? Well, you know what I thought was pretty interesting because uh, for me, I used to play a lot of Street Fighter back in the day. Mm-hmm. There was an there was a, um, a liquor store around the corner from my house and they had a street fighter game there at the store. And I just remember after school, um, just going there and playing, playing street fighter on the, on the arcade game. And it was just so much fun. And it, that, that's one of the games that, um, I played a lot through like, uh, my childhood growing up. And what was really interesting to me was about how, they went into developing uh, 
not just the character development, but like the, the imagery and the scenes in the background and how they were taking pictures of all these different landscapes and environments. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty important because the game highlighted characters from around the world and they had the images that kind of went along and really took you to those different lands. Yeah. And, you know, all this is before the internet. So, you know, there wasn't a ton of exposure to all this stuff. So I thought that was super interesting just to see how they were able to, you know, create that. And, and those images are still in my mind just as a kid growing up playing that game. Yeah. I think it's, I didn't realize that it was true because it's um, as far as his outlook, which was to make make the player feel like they were a part of the game in a way. Yeah. So, you know, the I remember Guile's, Guile's stage with the, the on the Air Force base, right? With the mm-hmm. giant, um, what kind of plane is that called? The, I don't know, but it reminded me of like Top Gun or something. Yeah, exactly. And they for such a now what we would call small game i'm only talking about file size wise um something as simple as you know making uh there was a a very clear i think it's like a palette with like a box on it in front of the plane you just felt like you're fighting in the middle of an air force base yeah and that's all it took to kind of draw you in even more Mm -hmm. yeah it really felt um um, very immersive, I guess, you know, with the environment and the characters yeah. in the background. And the introduction of Chun-Li, Ooh, who yeah. was the first, you know, the first lady to fight for herself and not need anyone else's help kind of thing. Um, true. That's true. She's before that... iconic. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. iconic now. Yeah, it was very smart, you know. You know, women like to play, girls like to play video games and, uh, you know, having a character that is someone that they can look at for inspiration to see themselves in, like, that's huge. So super smart, you know, and it's such a great way to highlight, you know, strong women and not having to make them come across as like a princess that needs to be rescued all the time. Yeah, that's what a groundbreaking game. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And that was that has to be, you know, they covered Mortal Kombat, but I don't think there would be a Mortal Kombat if there wasn't a, a Street Fighter two, yeah, think, Street Fighter two specifically. Yeah, I don't remember much about Street Fighter one, but from what they showed, I guess it was only two characters. Didn't look like a the greatest game, but I mean, you, I technically you can't have Street Fighter two without Street Fighter one. So it's so funny. I remember really vaguely um, finding. Or like talking to friends that were like, oh, I played the first Street Fighter. I played Street Fighter One. They were like, what? Where'd you play it? Because it was a you'd have to find out which arcade had it, and and um and I don't even remember where they had it, but I do remember playing the original Street Fighter one time, and it yeah it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, it <laughs> Street Fighter Two was way better. But what? How iconic, and um you know that led way to like i said mortal Kombat because that game in itself artistically was done differently and when you play it it feels different it definitely feels Mm -hmm. slower paced and it feels um kind of like you get punished more a little bit for i used yeah mortal Kombat was another game i used to just love playing when that first came out too like that was just so much fun um and i think 
the the fatalities were the best when you could do the fatalities and you like can master mm-hmm. the fatalities <laughs> i had so to go to i had to go to my friend's house to even touch that game my mom wanted me nowhere near mm-hmm. that game um but i who was it there was one character i i memorized one fatality and it was all i wanted to do yeah there was two things that i love to do in that game it was the fatality i can't remember who it was but the other thing was on that one stage when you uppercut someone and get them to fall down to the spikes that's the only thing i wanted to do i would just sit there and try to uppercut the whole time because um, i didn't totally understand how it worked but i knew if it was the right stage at some point they would fall and and hit the spikes yep hey you know one of the things i mean there, there was so much to cover in that episode but one of the things that i i want to make sure we touch on was that game called night trap like i never heard of the game i don't even remember that game either. being around at all and just learning the history of that was is so interesting and also hilarious <laughs> like i thought it was so funny that is hilarious the way they shot it was interesting too it was um yeah it was and weird it was i don't know was that the one that's vhs driven i think it was they were wanting to create i forgot what it was called as you watch you watch the cameras it's like controller vision i can't remember what it was called something like that you watch the cameras and then if you i guess if you watch the right cameras you got pieces of the story to solve whatever was going on and then you can like kind of follow which character you wanted to follow yeah but they travel to different rooms or something i think the idea was to create a you know a real experience where you can actually um have you know play a part in the outcome of the stories mm-hmm. and also you know be a spectator to view what's going on but it was just it was so interesting when they said so basically just to kind of touch on it it was um a game by hasbro and we know that hasbro they're like a toy company mm-hmm. and they didn't want anything that could create um they, they wanted no un unreproducible violence they called it which means like if there's something displayed on your game <laughs> they don't want someone to be able to copy it at home yeah which i mean it makes a lot of sense i mean especially back then but I mean, it makes sense but it's something i would have never considered but like the example he made was like yeah you can't we don't want people just like going and stabbing people with scissors because what if the kid just grabs the scissors and starts trying to stab someone i was like that's terrifyingly true yeah but i would have never thought about that because kids do copy whatever they see yeah on the screen mm-hmm. i think yeah so i mean there's, there's a lot of truth to that and i think that's why we needed this um rating system to mm-hmm. be able to you know have appropriate content for kids and then you know teenagers and adults and all that stuff so i like how they're um it's crazy i like how they're their volume the villain just kind of devolved into some weird looking like (laughs) what is it like some weird looking trash thing or something like that they call them augers Um, (laughs) yeah yeah. i don't know if we want to spoil it for the for the audience that hasn't watched it yet but it was um yeah, pretty watered down attempt at what the original plan was, I guess. Yeah, and then even with the weapon they ended up using, and it was ended up 
ca- causing not causing but ended up being the center of one of the most pivotal scenes in that in that court trial for the for the rating yeah and you know they're only going to you know clip out the most i guess violent or um inappropriate scenes but i mean that that weapon that weapon they designed uh, it seems pretty gruesome i think it was pretty violent (laughs) it does i i thought it was silly until i saw the scene that they brought into court the first time they showed the scene, I was like, oh, I guess I could see how that's taken kind of the wrong way. But yeah. as someone who's used to video games and seeing more gruesome stuff, I didn't think it was a big deal. But if I were to put myself, you know, back in back time then, where I haven't exactly where I haven't I think seen that, was, that kind of stuff. That must have been, I'm thinking the early 90s, mid mid 90s. So. Yeah. And yeah. so you know, back then, it's crazy to think that that was not that long ago, but it feels like such a long time ago because, you know, the internet wasn't out in every household and half the websites like didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I don't think Google existed. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. No, in the 90s? I don't think not yet. No. I think Google started around 97 i want to say so i don't remember but i i do remember i think that's where the general opinion that like video games are bad for you i think that's where it stems from from back from back i mean i don't think that Mm -hmm. many people think that anymore but i do remember adults feeling that way like, you know, besides it being a huge waste of time, it's just bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think with every generation, there's always new technology and new things. And I think if we w- took it further, I mean, they used to say that about TV. And mm-hmm. I mean, on one end, TV is bad for you. But on another end, it's like a necessity. So you just kind of have to, I guess, be smart about what you're consuming and you know, try to keep yourself in check or regulate it. I think the the rating system and the is that the organization or is that the ratings group or whatever? I know it's ESRB Bureau. Maybe it's Bureau. Might be but Bureau. Yeah. That I think it's a good thing that they implemented that. I think that was a a right move to help guide video gaming in a direction where it can still grow and and be monitored. I guess. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep, I agree, man. I mean, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there's so many things where there's value in regulation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need regulations for the safety of our society. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing mm-hmm. evil about it. And I'm not going to, you know, fight these kind of regulations so that way, you know, kids have access to violent video games. But I guess you could smart. say, like a, it's a healthy regulation. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, I think it just, um, it's just interesting that, you know, there's um a lot of people that will fight all regulations. They think all these regulations are bad. And it's mm-hmm. like, come on, like calm down. Like let's be rational. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's also one of those things where it's it's the unknown. It's new, you mm-hmm. know. It's also technology based, so it's something that they have no intention of getting into really 
Um, and, and, and you also know, like, okay, um, there's there's always going to be a, I think, a little bit of a tug of war between, you know, how can I make the most money? And, you know, how can I balance my business where I'm not, you know, causing harm and, mm -hmm. and being safe and responsible? Yeah. You know, so you, just, you know, as long as companies have that balance, that's great. But there's some companies that won't do it on their own. So sometimes that's why we need these other groups to be able to kind of to say, hey, you know what, you do your thing, but like watch it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But that's basically all I had as far as my takeaways from episode five. I thought um, that was probably my favorite episode, I would have to say. Yes. That was my favorite to date. Um, the one thing did we no we did talk about it so one thing that i'm anticipating and i don't want to get my hopes up um is about next episode i'm really like there's only one episode left yeah. and i feel like there's so much more to unpack i don't even know what to expect in this next episode i think i hope well, okay, two things. I'm having two separate thoughts right now. Okay. So, A, I expect the next episode, which I guess would be the finale as of right now, is solely about shooting games and shooters. Um, they briefly touched on Doom, which is kind of like the first kind of gruesome shooter. And I shooting games are probably my favorite genre of games so you know i have high hopes to be entertained as far as that goes and kind of brought back to maybe they'll mention goldeneye who knows because they haven't even gotten to nintendo 64 or anything like that but um i don't think they're gonna cover everything i thought they would as far as since since the first episode like i thought they're gonna kind of go through time and, and bring us up to speed up to now. It doesn't feel like that anymore. Um, I think they're gonna cover, they're gonna cover shooting games. And I hope that they have plans for a, a return season to cover more stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. I think there's just too much more of this story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're right. You know, they did talk a little bit. They did kind of hint that they were going to talk about more shooters. And um, I think GoldenEye is actually a, a great piece of content you can kind of build around and tell a story around because that was so huge. Um, I love And I game. think that was very um, revolutionary in, in the way they did things. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of, that's a, a I actually forgot about that game and how much I played that. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be interesting to see. I also think they are probably going to do a second season. I mean, I, I just think there's so much to tell there is. that they haven't even touched on so far. They haven't. I mean, they touched on, they didn't really touch. I mean, they touched on Madden, like the creation of, you know, Madden. I mean, we're talking about the whole season, not just yesterday. Um, but you could do a whole show on just racing, like sim racing. You know, like, well, they started kind of going through the consoles, right? We talked mm -hmm. about some 
obscure console and then the Atari and then these other ones. And actually they skipped a couple different consoles I remember um, popping up. Yeah. But I, um, you know, they haven't gotten not even to like PS3, not even PS2. Not even like, PS2. I don't think they did it was, PS1. Yeah, I don't they touched on Game Boy. They didn't do PSP, and we're still talking about the past. We, yeah. we, um, they. I guess I, I, if they talk about shooters, I feel like they have to uh, some uh, even touch on Halo, which would cover Xbox. But I wonder. I think, uh-huh. No, no, go, go, go. I'm just wondering if they're gonna save, um, like Xbox and PlayStation to start off maybe season two if there is going to be a season two that would be a good way to um kick off a a season yeah just with playstation xbox yeah and they haven't even talked about vr and that'll be season three at this rate right so i think there's a lot to cover i do hope they return and and cover more stuff because i like the way it's packaged Mm -hmm. I, i like i like um the stories that they tell i like the little the little things i learned like about the guy who really invented cartridges um, yeah. even though his console that he wanted to make didn't take off like that's actually the guy that helped advance you know he didn't get much credit but it's cool to learn stuff like that mm-hmm. and where yeah, like big time. invader aliens came from and all that stuff well i've been thoroughly entertained i think this is um really well done I like the storytelling. I like the history. Mm-hmm. Um, I even like watching like all the old commercials, the old TV commercials. Yeah, that brings you back too. All the old ads and you know all that. So yeah, but I guess we're gonna have to stay tuned and see what happens on the next episode. And so I know for sure we're gonna be meeting up next week talking about episode six. Mm-hmm. We will, we will meet up. And definitely discuss episode six, which I guess we'll call the finale of High Score. Um, I'm definitely going to stay on top of it, though. We're going to see if they announce for a future episode or something. Mm-hmm. something. Yeah, we'll stay. We'll stay on top of it. And I kind of like this, um, the way this has evolved and kind of progressed with our discussion around these uh, episodes. And so... I think what we'll do is look for something else uh, similar that we can kind of keep a conversation rolling around. Yeah, we we'll, we'll jump to that next week. We'll talk. We'll touch a little bit more about that next week. And if anyone listening has suggestions for a similar style show, you can always e- email us at emmethpod at gmail dot com. Yes, um, open to suggestions always. Yes. Um, but that's all I have for this week. How are you feeling, Mike? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, this is all that I've got. I think that um, I think we got the ball rolling. I think we're onto some really good stuff, and I cannot wait to see um, how we wrap up the, uh, the 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 finale of High Score mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. see what the what the evolution of our show is going to be because this thing is going to actually continue to change and improve too. So, super excited about it. Yes, we are like water. Yes. will flow flow as as it goes yeah i mean i guess that's it for this week you know thank you thank you all for being here um we'll bring you. you more pop culture gaming esports news next week 
Um, like Mike said, we'll, we're going to cover High Score, the last episode, episode six. Um, but until next week, that's been Mike. I've been Rich. This has been the E-Mammoth Pod. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.